Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I want to, uh, I want to talk to you today. If I can, I want to help you. Although it's not very popular to preach this, and it doesn't sell CDs, this kind of talk particularly, but sometimes we go through the valleys, and we are not going to be helicoptered out of the valley, we are going to have to go through them to the end of them. Do you understand? And... uh, God isn't going to send, in some instances anyway, God is not going to send a helicopter squad of angels to get us out of the valley. We are in the valley, and though we walk through the valley, we fear no evil because he's with us. And I want to tell you something, that for many of you going through difficulties, and I want you to hear this as an encouragement, not a disappointment, Because some, and I speak by the Holy Ghost today, some are waiting for God to do something. And for some, I just want you to know that God is already doing things. And there isn't necessarily going to be, for some here, a day when it all just opens up. There isn't going to be a sort of a a Christmas morning. Oh, look, everything has arrived in my house that I wanted. But God is already with you. And he is working it out. One of the most amazing things about God is that he is just as comfortable as a backstage stagehand working backstage as he is on the stage in your life. And the work that goes on backstage is just as important as what's going on on stage. So I want to bring some thoughts there going to be so quick that in a heartbeat they'll be they'll be done but just to help us together as we think about how we cope with a season of suffering for many it's not a day it's not man flu it's not done in a day but it is a season and First Peter is what we've been looking at on Thursdays. I think that's been by divine choice as well. Because it is the book about Christian suffering. So here are some principles from the book. What to do. In no particular order. Don't feel alone. Don't feel alone. Sometimes when you're ill, it can be very lonely indeed. Sometimes when you're worrying about the future or in grief, you can feel very lonely indeed. You can feel lonely in a big church. You can feel lonely in a small church. You can feel lonely in a big family. You can feel lonely living on your own, of course. And there can be a sense that 
this is just happening to me. I'm in my own world. I, uh, when I heard the news about my mum not being well, I just emailed a couple of choice friends and I said, look, if I don't reply to your you know, emails and things just yet, or if I don't see myself, then just forgive me. But at the moment, I'm in my own world. You, you, you know that experience. And that's okay. But here's the, here's the truth of what the, what the Word of God says. In fact, we're not alone. Not just that God is with us, but actually that other people are going through the same kinds of things as you. And there can be a strength in that, I think. In the context of resisting the devil here, actually. But in the, but in the whole sense of First Peter, it's all about their struggle with problems they're having. So the, so the demonic was part of it, but it wasn't the whole picture. He says, I want you to resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world excuse me, is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. I think there can come a real strength when we know that we're not by ourselves, And that's one of the reasons why I'm making this very public today. To say that the problem that you are facing, I want you to know that actually just a few feet away from where you are sitting, there's someone else also going through something. And it's not the same thing that you're going through. But they are also going through something. And we are not alone. In as much as we are struggling together. And I think there can come a strength from that. In the suffering that I've, the, some of the struggles I've had lately, I've tried to speak to people who have been down the road that I'm on now because I know that they can help me because they've been on that road themselves, haven't they? And that's going to be a strength to me. So don't feel on your own. We know God is with us, but even bigger than that, there are people who have gone where you have, where, where, where you are. And other people who are where you are And facing the same questions that you're facing. And one of the enemy's tactics is always to isolate us. It's just you. No one else understands what's going on. You're the only one. Well, actually, a lot of people understand. And they have accepted it, experienced it with the most incredible dignity. but together, branches intertwining together. The body of Christ together. We're going to be all right. So don't feel alone. Secondly, don't feel alarmed. Friends, he says, don't be surprised. We read this a moment ago. Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's come upon you to test you. As though something strange were happening. We try very hard here to teach what I'll call a real Christianity. And I I believe, of course, all churches try to do that. 
But I found in the real Christianity that God does not always helicopter squad us out of valleys. He lets us go through them. I've been to places around the world where extraordinary sights have been in front of my eyes. I have seen cancer just vanish from someone's top and it was gone. Uh, a hunchback lady, or uh, like a hunchback anyway, suddenly her growth just shrank and it was gone. I've been privileged many times to see deaf people begin to talk to me and they can hear me. And in Brazil on one occasion, a blind eye opened in front of me. Some of the meetings I did, there were, there were 30, 40, 50, even up to maybe 60 testimonies of miraculous recovery. And God does miracles. But in the midst of all that, I've also buried the dead and cared for the sick. Jesus said, uh, speaking about the sheep and the goats, he said, uh, you know, when I was in prison, you visited me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And he also says, when I was sick, you looked after me. And there is a ministry of delivering people from illness. And there's also an equally valid ministry of just caring for people who aren't having that deliverance right now. And just because they're not having some miracle doesn't mean that our only job is to continue to pray for them. Sometimes we have to look after people. Isn't, isn't that right? And if you're looking after someone and you are a red-blooded Pentecostal person who believes in the miraculous, but you found yourself not seeing some great miracle before your eyes, but actually you're just caring for the sick. Not delivering the sick, just caring for the sick. And I want you to know there is nothing about that that is in any way a failure of faith. Because you are doing exactly what Jesus told you to do. To take care of people. Is as Christian and as spirit-filled an operation as to see some healing occur. We shouldn't be surprised, he says. Don't be surprised if you are struggling, you know. Uh, and maybe they were. And if they were, it's only for one reason, because the gospel was preached inaccurately to them. That everything is going to be all right. But we know everything is not always all right. And God is a father. He is not a genie. In some Christian theologies, I think God has become a genie. Three wishes, anything you want, I'll do it. But he's not a genie, he's a father. And a father doesn't give us everything we want. My dad didn't anyway. And even if my father, my earthly father, could have given me anything, there are good reasons why he shouldn't. Can you say amen? There are good reasons why he shouldn't give me everything I want. Of course not. Don't be surprised. When people go through struggles, they say, oh, well, I, I thought God was 
Do you want to be with me and do things? Well, he is with you and he is doing things. But he's just not doing what, exactly what you want. And I've known times of great pain in my body and I've known times of saying, oh God, set me free now. Please set me free now. And struggled on. But I trust my father. I trust him. We shouldn't feel alone. We shouldn't feel alarmed. I was saying to someone before the service, do you know what I found? Maybe through the experience with my mum. And I was saying this to Jane the other day. I found this. Actually, there's something inside the human condition, the human psyche. And you might not agree with this. I'm just thinking this through. I'm not sure we really believe that people that we love are going to pass away. I don't think we really believe they will. We we know scientifically. If you did an exam, you would say yes. But there's something inside me that doesn't believe that people that I deeply care about are going to pass away. I don't really prepare for it at all. So we go through these these confusing times. Don't be alone. Don't be alarmed. Nothing's gone wrong. God has not left you. Uh, Number three, remember it's not forever. Peter says at the beginning of his book, he says, concerning the gospel, he says, you are greatly rejoicing in it. Although now for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Nothing is forever. Nothing. The the season you're in now will end. (laughs) I remember a guy who used to be on the door at Torquay. And he was brilliant. He was a doorman. A great door guy. You know, he was there. Hi. Nice to see you. People would walk by and he'd shake their hand then yank them in. He was brilliant on the door. That was his, a real gift he had. But he decided he, the Lord had told him not to do it anymore. That was a shame because he was really good at it. So one time there was a, a gathering of people, I can't remember, and someone said, I think that brother, whatever he was called, I don't, I, I don't want to name him, let's just call him Paul. I think Paul should go back on the door. And Paul got up and said, well, I'm having a season away from the door. And someone said, yeah, but seasons end. And then he rethought it, oh dear. Seasons end. Well, seasons do end, don't they? Seasons end. Suffering seasons also end. What we go through today, we won't go through it forever. We have to believe that in the midst of the difficulty. This will not be forever. I went to see a lady once in her home. She asked for prayer, for healing. I shared this story a few months ago, but it's appropriate to say it again now. So we went over to her Essex bungalow. 
and uh, I sensed the presence of cats, but I didn't see any. But I, I know they were there. And um, went to see her. And the pastor said, will you come over to see her? She wants healing. And I sat on her bed. The family were there. And I, I, I'm just telling you the truth. Within five minutes, ten minutes of just chatting with her, I found something out about her. That she didn't want healing at all. She wanted to go and be with her husband, who died a few months before, maybe a year before. She didn't want healing at all. I said, well, why don't we pray for that? She said, oh, would you? I thought, well, it might be a bit of a reputation I don't want if you die here now. I prayed with her and asked God to come and take her to be with himself. You say, you did you? Yeah. Because that's part of Christianity as well. She was ready to go home. In Patworth this week, I sat with the man. I said, are you ready to go home? He said, no. I said, oh, then we'll pray for healing then. His wife definitely said no. But some people are ready to go home. Ready to go home. There's a time to be born. Do you know what the next line is? There's a time to die. Within a few months, maybe a few weeks, I can't remember, she did indeed die. The Baptist pastor took a funeral. He said that she was the most peaceful uh, person in death that he had ever met. That's exactly what he said. And I believe it was because we prayed together in her little Essex bungalow that night. And right now, she's in the great presence of Jesus. Do you honestly believe in a million years that she would say, can I go back to my Essex bungalow, please? I don't think so. Cats or no cats? There may not have been cats. That just might be some psychological phobia I've got. But even the Lord taking her away, you see, meant that her season was not forever. Do you understand? It's not, so, it's not some incredible failure to go into the presence of Jesus. It's the goal of our salvation, actually. Don't, don't say I meant too much, Jane. I, well, let's just stay, just stay a bit longer down here. But we've got to have this. Now look, God brought Lazarus back. God touches people and their cancers shrink and go. God puts breath into the breathless and strength into the lame. Make no mistake. But there's a season for everything. So it's not forever. You don't know what the future holds. Well, one day you will. You don't know what's going to happen in this era of your life. Well, you will soon. Time itself will deliver the answer. You haven't got that door open yet. Well, it will open one day. One day you recover from, from where you are. We have need to believe that God has a plan. Here's the scripture. It's the next verse. You greatly rejoice, though you have to suffer grief for a little while. 
in all kinds of trials, and then these have come. So that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. Here's the most difficult thing we have to face sometimes. God has entrusted us with darkness. God has entrusted us with struggle and conflict. There was a day when my mum walked me to school. This is before I had a girlfriend. But she walked me to school. And there was a day when she said, Peter, go by yourself now. You are kidding me. Really? Go by yourself now. And there was a day when I walked to school all by myself. Hip, hip. What was, and I, I would have been nervous and scared. But my parent entrusted me with a problem that they knew that I could cope with. And at the time, I didn't like it. But it helped me to grow. And God has entrusted some of us here at this season of our lives with difficulty to enable us to grow. Now here's the beautiful part. The illustration is actually ultimately flawed because our, our Father is with us. But sometimes we get released into things that we wouldn't have chosen ourselves. In fact, the truth is very few of us would choose to have conflict in our lives or problems. That's not a button that we would press, is it? So God has to sometimes press the button for us in order for there to be the testing of our faith and the development of our, of our lives. So we're going to believe that God has a plan. We're going to believe that God knew about the, the tunnel. God may not have designed the tunnel. God is not cackling with laughter and punishing us, putting us in a tunnel. That's not a biblical theology. But God sometimes permits seasons like this. And one of the reasons is so we can grow. So we can grow. Many of you remember your first driving lesson. I remember when I got in the car, I thought, are we really getting in the car? I've never been in a car before. Oh, yes. What? We're going to drive in the car? You're kidding. We're going to drive in the car? Yeah. But I've never driven a car. But Yeah, but we're going to drive. Can't we just talk about the theory? Can't you get a little book out with, like, road signs and teach me? I didn't want the practical. And that whole clutch, brake, gas thing, I mean, I never played the piano. I don't know what I'm doing down here. Piano players, brilliant. They drive straight away. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, you bring one up and you press one down. I don't know. So I just brought one up and pressed the other one down. And, phew. 
And he turned to me and he said, this is not an RAC Lombard rally car. As we flew down the road, we did. Honestly, if I hadn't paid for 10 lessons, I would never have gone back. But I was committed. Yeah. But I had to learn, didn't I? to learn. So we've got to believe that God has a plan. Just two more, very quickly. Here's the instruction though from God. Don't give up being good. We read it last week. We read it again today. So then, those who suffer according to God's will, 1 Peter 4.19, should commit themselves to their faithful creator continue to do good said it many, many times, but when people have problems, their righteousness sort of levels can sometimes go down. Satan knew that if he wanted to make Job sin, he had to put problem in his body. Uh, Job, Job uh, was a holy man, so Satan came and struck his family, thinking that that would cause him to sin, because his wife wasn't so holy as him. But Job resisted, He stayed holy even through a problem. And all the enemy was frustrated by that. See, when we go through difficulty, that's when we are most vulnerable to not live right before God. And it's something that we need to have a double uh, edge about because it means that if I go and see a family member or or a friend and they've got arthritis or pain, you know, they're probably not going to smile as much as I'm going to smile. Right? If they're struggling and they've got hip problem or they always have a migraine, they're not going to be necessarily singing the same song I'm singing. And so I need to be gracious about that. And you need to be gracious about that. When people are struggling, they, if someone's going through the midst of a divorce, then they're going to be different to normal or someone's going through bereavement or someone's going through they've just lost their job they're going to be a bit different many times to normal and we have to be gracious about that but I said it was a double edge here's the other side of it we also need to encourage one another that we are going to obey the Lord whatever may come our way and sin is sin and holiness is holiness there's such a thing as right and wrong And God doesn't give us special permission to be particularly moody, argumentative, violent even, just because we've got a sore head. You understand? So there's a balance to be be drawn here. But that's why Peter writes to them. He says, even though you're going through the difficulty, continue to do good. Don't let a, a, a problem stop you serving the Lord. Don't let a problem stop you serving the Lord. One young man, he was an aspiring preacher. I met him many years ago. He said he wanted to be a preacher. I said, I'll I'll, uh, train you, you know, and uh, help you if I can. And then a, a, a few days later, I'm going back a while, 
But a few days later, there was church. He wasn't there. I said, oh, I missed you. He said, oh, yeah. He said, I was tired. And so I didn't come. I thought, well, the chances of you being a preacher are really low. Because it just means any time you could just be tired or have a, a pain in your foot and, and, you know, and you're knocked out. So you're, you're easily off the race. The race is one of endurance. Sometimes we do things we don't feel like it, do we? We don't live. Oh, I better be careful what I say. But we, we, we're not living according to how we're feeling. We're living according to what we're believing. And we always believe the gospel is important. Don't give up being good. If you go through a difficult period, you want to pray more that God will give you the grace to be like Jesus even though you're going through difficulty. Jesus died on the cross in pain and agony. But in the midst of all that, he was still able to forgive people. He was still able to preach the gospel to people. Come on. Did. And when he went through the most difficult time, he opened not his mouth. If you can't think of anything terribly nice to say, learn to nail your lips together. <laughs> and we should continue to be good and continue to do good whilst we should be gracious with people who are struggling. Finally, Here's a great verse. We should be strengthened by the grace of God. Here's this great verse. Why don't we turn to it? 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. I want you to see it in your own Bible. Be blessed by it. The NIV, it says this. 1 Peter 5, 10. And the God of all grace, who called you, to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while. There you go, there's that temporary clause again. But the God of all grace, after you have suffered, he will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. Just think about that. The God of all grace will Restore you and make you strong. 